Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Queerly Beloved, a podcast from Broadly about the families we choose. I'm Sarah Burke. And I'm Fran Torado. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Fran. So you told me that the two people in our story today are pen pals. How did they meet? Yes. Okay, so their names are Dorsey and Jeffrey. Dorsey is in her mid-20s. She's very politically minded. She plays punk music. She's also a little shy, but she just has this general air of kindness about her. Jeffrey is quite a bit older than Dorsey, and he's one of those people that's just really fun to talk to, no matter what. Even when things are hard, he comes off as optimistic. Jeffrey is incarcerated, and Dorsey is not. They met through this national organization called Black and Pink, which basically connects queer and trans people on the outside with queer and trans people on the inside. So their long-distance relationship ended up being like an in-real-life kind of relationship. Yeah, so eventually they met in person, and they've become really, really close friends. And so what this story is about is basically what their relationship means to each of them. We so rarely get to hear the stories of incarcerated people, but it's even more rare that we hear the queer ones. How did you connect with these people? So this episode was actually a huge challenge to report. We had so many technical difficulties with setting up the phones. We had pages long letters between us just straight up get lost. And, you know, when someone is in prison, you can't call them. They can only call you. So it's hard to know when they'll call. At one point, we had scheduled an interview and Jeffrey was put in solitary and transferred to a new facility. Another time, they just decided to not open the phone program that day. So for me, it was a huge learning moment in terms of just understanding the barriers to communication that prisons impose on inmates and the effort that it takes to maintain a correspondence with someone who is incarcerated. When we think about the definition of family, we always think about, like, in real life connections. But there's something very queer about our willingness to overcome those very barriers you're talking about. I totally agree. And, you know, this story is one that really made me think, when we talk about queer family, who are we including? Is it only the people that are immediately around us at like a pride parade? Or are we actively reaching out and building bonds with people who might be the ones who need it most? To start this episode off, here's Dorsey reading a letter from Jeffrey. I'm writing this to tell you about one very special pen pal who came into my life and gave me hope and reason to keep living. She maybe don't know it, but she truly saved my life, and there is nothing I can ever say or do to show how much I love her and take her for being a friend. I also thank Black and Pink for all their labor by trying to make outside with inside. Thank you, I love you. 
If I may share my story briefly, I have 30 years to life under the three strikes law. I've been in since 1997 with no relief. My crime, unoccupied residential burglary, all three. Desiring to communicate with the outside, I found a black and pink pamphlet on a bulletin back in 2008. I never got a response. Then out of nowhere, a little note came in 2013. I was in ADSEG, which is like solitary, basically, and it said, Hi, my name is Dorsey. I don't write, so it's okay if you write, and I'll try to respond when I can. <laughs> From Flying Over Walls, Dorsey. I'm Dorsey. I'm a 27-year-old trans woman, and I live in Oakland, California. How did you first connect with Jeffrey? I first met Jeffrey about five or six years ago through a pen pal program called Black and Pink. I saw his little ad, you know, it's just a few sentences, but he's really into music. He just seemed kind of sweet. And I was like, hey, why not? I'll write this person. I'm curious, though, you know, as someone who's you're like, I'm terrible at writing letters. What drives you to want to write letters to incarcerated people? Prisons are designed to, you know, keep people away from society. They're designed to isolate people. And, you know, they obviously target people who are, like, already marginalized in other ways. And for queer and trans folks, especially trans folks, we're often isolated in a lot of ways anywhere, right? Like, isolated from our families of origin. You know, some of us have, like, a strong sense of queer and trans community, but many of us really just don't. So queer folks like who are locked up like usually are are a lot more isolated than straight prisoners. Like the work we're doing with Black and Pink is just making sure these folks aren't forgotten and saying like, hey, like you're our community, you're our family, we want to talk, we want to chill, and we want you like out of there <laughs> so we can do it in person too. And on a personal level, as I've like gotten closer to to some folks who like are in prison and have been for like many, many years, it's just only felt like more and more important that this work happens and that people just don't have to feel like as isolated um, as they would otherwise. And how did you first get involved with Black and Pink? I think I was at a, a moment in my life where I was like ready to like do something, but I didn't have the community for it, I guess. It definitely felt like a very exciting moment in my life that I think brought me some kind of like sense of purpose and community that was maybe like not all there before. Hello? This is Global Link. You have a prepaid call from Jeffrey. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, say or dial 5 now. 5. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Nice to be connected. Uh, yay! <laughs> yes. Um, How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Good. When did you first connect with Dorsey, Jeffrey? It was 2013 mm -hmm. is when I first connected with Dorsey, when um, I finally got her first letter, and she was explaining to me uh, her, her side of the family and 
and her sisters and her mom and dad and how she connected with music and she plays the uh, keyboard or the piano and the bass. So I writes back and I says, really? I says, well, how wow. I says, because I'm a drummer and, you know, in my family history. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Yes, yes, we know. <laughs> my, my dad played with James Brown. He was one of James Brown's drummers. And um, she was like, oh, this is like, yeah, yeah. So they have music programs here. And as I was jamming in the music program one time, the uh, the um, administration allowed us to um, record our music program and, and send it out on the, on the Internet and on the, on the radio like um, San Quentin does. And... I had, was able to get a copy of the tape that we played, and, and I, I took it to Dorothy and let her listen to me. She really liked it. And she said, oh, you play. You play good. I like, thank you. <laughs> and ever since then, that connection of um, writing has been great. Dorothy's a very beautiful young lady, and she kind of connected, and we began to talk, and we're just friends, but, you know, we have a good connection with each other as uh, very good friends, Mm -hmm. and she's a beautiful person, very special and beautiful person. Did Jeffrey kind of from the beginning kind of stand out to you as as someone who you're like, oh, I could, you know, I could really relate to this person? Yeah, I think there's just something that comes through that's really warm. And I could tell we like had had a lot in common, even early on when we didn't know all that much about each other. That same feeling when you like meet someone new in person where you're like, oh, we're, we just like connect on some level. That was really, I think, apparent from the beginning did you ever have like a moment of realization where you're you felt like you could tell that you were really friends with Jeffrey that you weren't just kind of pen pals I guess knowing that we both are very comfortable like expressing how we're actually feeling to each other you know if one of us is like doing really bad which happens if like we do tell each other and you know we talk about it and it's it doesn't feel hard to say those kinds of things and in the way that that it can be and we can get mad at each other and it's it's fine (laughs) right like that like I think that's an important quality for any relationship that's like real we can have our little fights it's all right but we know that it's that it is going to be like okay (laughs) Eventually, Jeffrey and Dorsey moved on from letters to phone calls. And then, after about three years, Dorsey visited Jeffrey for the first time. The first time I visited Jeffrey was about two or three years ago. At that time, he was at a prison that's a lot closer to where I live. And California likes to ship people around a bunch, so now he is much further. Um, But that one I remember being very nervous for. At that point, I don't think we'd talked on the phone that much. And it was like, oh, we're going to spend like about three or four hours together. 
in this weird visitation room? Are we going to run out of things to talk about? Like, is it just going to be awkward? I don't know. And it wasn't. It was really nice. (laughs) We had a lot to talk about. But the initial kind of fear of going there, both for like the way the social interaction would work out, but also just like going into a prison and um, the way that feels and the way, you know, having to interact with like the guards there. It's a lot of feelings. (laughs) After having corresponded with this person for several years, but never meeting in person, what did it feel like to actually see him in person for the first time, I guess, like getting to like meet the full version of him, if that makes sense. I mean, I had seen pictures of him, right? But but when we actually met, I was like, oh, wow, you're short. <laughs> um, and also, you look like 10 or 20 years younger than I know you are. <laughs> so those sort of like shallow things. But also the way, you know, someone's mannerisms in person, the way they, they talk and present themselves is just so different. Of course, in a letter, but even in the phone, he looks quiet. <laughs> he seems like kind of a quiet person, but you can get him talking pretty easily. You know, things like that were, I was like, oh, I didn't really know that about you. Um, it just feels really important to be able to see each other in person, to like touch each other for like a second. Yeah, it just means a lot to both of us. And it's important to me because it feels a little bit like like we can feel for a little bit like what what it'll feel like like when he does get out And what about your family, Jeffrey? I've been married once and had three stepchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, the young lady that I married, she had three children. She was very nice. She, she was committed. She was committed to our relationship. But as time go by, because I'm a lifer, uh, under this California three-strike law, you know, she being a young lady, she, we decide to, you know, go ahead and go our own separate ways. We keep in touch every now and then through my mother that's still alive. Hmm. And can I ask yeah. when the last time a member of your biological family came to visit you was? Mm, what was it? I think it was like 14, 15, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. It was around around my birthday time. That was a blessing. That was really nice. I thank the gods for that, you know? Mm-hmm. While Jeffrey's biological family has been able to visit less and less, Dorsey has come to stand in as a kind of chosen family, even introducing him to other queer friends of hers. She's become someone he can always count on, no matter what. A few months ago, Jeffrey was transferred to a new facility, much farther from where Dorsey lives. Dorsey comes to visit as much as possible. She comes, tries to come at least twice a month. She'd be coming to visit this weekend, in fact, and. uh her and another friend of ours named Sam uh, will be coming, driving down from from the Northern Bay area down here to uh, the south, which is across the whole state of California from one end to the other. They're going to come down and visit me. I'm so excited and happy to have a friend like that. It, it, inside prison, it's, 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 
if you don't have any support or outside support or someone to uh, communicate with, because, you know, a lot of guys, families have uh, set them aside or through circumstances aren't allowed to come visit or fix on a fixed income. And a lot of that, you know, prohibits guys from getting visits or even getting uh, any medical hygiene or uh, products for themselves. So, you know, it's really it's really a blessing to be able to have a friend like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really special to me. I'm very grateful and thankful that she served my life. Yeah. And so you were you recently transferred. You have 60 seconds remaining. Yeah, we know, we know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you right back, okay? Okay, okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hello. Hi. Thank you for calling back. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying is like, you know, I think, I know you recently got transferred. And I'm curious what what that's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you're transferred out from one institution to another and it's way across the other side of the state, you know, you really take it hard. It's, um, I, I took it really bad. I mean, Dorsey kind of felt real bad about it. She, you know, was wondering why they did that. But that comes from property status. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Did you feel like you had a lot of friends inside, like there, that you that you miss now that you've moved? Yeah, when you stay at an institution for a certain length of time, you pretty much get to know a lot of the guys, and. Uh, and it's, it's it's hard because you know you you kind of think about it. You you're leaving your community, you know your your LGB community behind. You if you go to religion, you're leaving your religion uh, family behind, and and you know the administration is you, you got to come good camaraderie with staff, you know, keeping it to a respectable level and. And when you leave like that and go to another institution, it's rushing. You got to start all over again, you know, and uh, never know who's who or what's what. And so you get to a place where you're comfortable and you have a stability and and and, and everything is consistent. Therefore, it's kind of like, you know, you look to stay in those type of positions and do your time. But when you get bounced around, as they call it. You know, you always constantly have to rebuild. It's it's very difficult. It's a difficult thing. And then keep in contact with your immediate family to, uh, you know, so. Yeah. And would you say that yeah. at the last institution you were at that you kind of had like a LGBT kind of clique, a friend group? We have a, pretty much everybody sticks together. You know, um, a lot of the guys and girls don't, um, you know, don't stay in the same area or building, you know, but they turn around and, um, you know, we get together out on the yard and play volleyball or, you know, or go to the gym and, and play some dodgeball. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's good. Very good. And, you know, when you're moving around... 
is it hard can it be hard for also your your you know your immediate family to know where you are or to even locate which institution you're at yeah that's that's another kind of bad situation that you know about being transferred or or you're being moved totally out from one institution to another because you're not allowed to inform your your loved ones or family or friends you know that where you're going because basically you really don't know until you get to where they're sending you and so by the time you get the information you've already been moved and, and shipped and gone somewhere and then all you know is just that you know you wonder mm-hmm. you don't you know you know kind of when you get there but you don't know before you get there so yeah is that part of the reason why your family hasn't been able to visit yeah that is that is a big issue that's one big issue there you know um my my immediate family sadly to say other than my mom and my baby brother has all passed away my dad my two older siblings my grandmother and grandfathers uh, on both sides has passed away so all i have now is my mother she's um she's older and her being in her 70s is, is hard to get around. She's on a fixed income, you know, so. And then my baby brother, he works and has his family now. He has three children. In addition to stepping in as a kind of chosen family, Dorsey and Sam have also helped Jeffrey reconnect with his remaining biological family. With information from Jeffrey, they located his mother on Facebook and reached out to her on his behalf. Because of all of Jeffrey's transfers and all the barriers to communicating, Jeffrey and his mother had lost touch. But through this new contact, they were reconnected for the first time in many years. I just got blessed the other day. Um, Got a letter from my mom saying that my nieces want to come up to visit. That's a beautiful thing there. I should be getting a visit from them pretty soon as well. Definitely consider Jeffrey family, and I think one of the reasons that's important is just that we can rely on each other in a way that we're not gonna, like, just disappear. He has been able to get kind of back in touch with his family of origin recently, which I think is really great and was just hard to do with with what we were talking about before with all the moves and stuff i like when there's a little mushiness between chosen family and um, family of origin and so i think it's kind of cute in this case that uh you know chosen family of like us me and sam and and jeffrey were helping bridge the gap with the um the family of origin (laughs) And in the time that you yeah. haven't been able to see them, see them in these past few years, do you feel like you've become closer with Dorsey, or do you feel like Dorsey almost kind of feels like family to you when she comes visit? Yes. Oh, she is family. That's no doubt about it. She's uh, she's definitely my mom knows Dorsey and Sam. They definitely family. This is good. It's, uh, it's, you know. My mom says, God put somebody in my life. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, yeah, mama, you know, I'm thankful. 
very thankful to have both of them. That's so beautiful. You have 60 seconds remaining. Again. again. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, and thank you so I much. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Love. Have you too. Have a good day. Love you. Bye. Remember the beginning of this episode? Dorsey read a letter from Jeffrey. Well, here's the rest of that letter. Since then, she has been a great inspiration and light in my life. Through her, I also met a wonderful friend that is named Sam. The both of them have truly given me strength. They have connected me back with my mother, who I lost contact with over the years. I just wanted to tell the world I thank the goddess and God for blessing me with two great friends, brother and sister. Thank you. Beloved is a production of Vice Media and Broadly. If you're liking the show, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen. And please leave us a review. It helps other people find the show. This podcast was produced by Sophie Cases. Production assistance was by Dan Richards. And our theme music is by Tyler McCulley. But before you go, we want to share one last thing with you. We reached out to our Broadly readers for your stories about chosen family and queer icons. And we got some really amazing responses. If you want to leave us your story about Chosen Family, call our inbox at 707-412-8388 and your voicemail could be featured on Queerly Beloved. Thanks so much for listening. I'm a young queer person from New York and I've run through so many cycles of people who have influenced me, but I've been so lucky in the past couple of years to have had like queer therapists and my more current one, the one that I have right now, is one that is so important to me. I don't know, she allows me to picture a future for myself when I didn't think it was possible. I felt the same way when I was reading Maggie Nelson's The Argonauts, if that counts to <laughs> But um if not for her, I feel like I really wouldn't have a support system that best fit what I need, which is to feel seen and to feel it possible to, you know, have a family as a queer person and to have a successful career. So my therapist. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.